All right, welcome. My name is Jason Watson with WCG Incorporated. We're a local tax and accounting firm here in Colorado Springs. I am alongside Bud Rainsberger of RWA Partners, a registered investment advisor firm here in Colorado yes. Springs. Um, in our previous segment um, on our bourbon and business tour, we discussed kind of financial um, planning in general, mm -hmm. and then some of the extra stuff that needs to be taken care of right. for business owners. Um, you know, when to sell the business, when not to sell the business, how much cash are you taking out of the business, how personal interests can compete with business interests, um, and all those things. And that's a great video and, and podcast that we would encourage you to go view and listen as well. This time around, oh, I want to make sure that everyone understands that we're being hosted by Axe and the Oak here in Colorado Springs. They've been gracious enough to open up their bar, so that's why it's bourbon in business. And I'm sipping on some nice uh, Axe and the Oak bourbon right here as well. And a couple more of those, I think, will allow any tax deduction. Well, you know, as a guest, I can't quite imbibe yet, but I'm looking forward to the after interview. I'm doing, I'm doing the coyote ugly. I'm just holding it to my lips, not actually taking a sip. So anyway, in this segment, we want to discuss selling your business and, and some of the aspects there. And we kind of touched on this a little bit again in our last segment, mm -hmm. but maybe kind of give, give our viewers and listeners an overview of some of the things just out of the gate that you discuss when a guy goes, hey, or a gal, it doesn't matter. He shows up and says, I want to sell. Right. So, you know, traditionally we have a built-in relationship. So we know quite a bit about our client. Okay. And we know a lot about the business as well as the personal. And so it's a natural for them to come and, and you know, give us a holler and say, hey, I'm thinking about selling. But in many cases, we're, we're actively planning for it, right? <clears throat> So we're in, in the planning stage. It's just when somebody shows up with an open checkbook, um, all of a sudden you start thinking about the possibilities. Right. And, you know, and many times you've already spent the money I was gonna before. Say, you're, yeah, you've already you know. spent the money. I'm paying off the house. I'm getting that car I wanted. So we're trying to, you know, go, you know, take a step back and say, what's your motivation for selling? Right. right. What, what are we trying to accomplish here? Is it health? Is it family? Is it economics? You know, what, really, what are the mo driving factors? Sometimes it's just that phone call came in and it surprised you. Right. And right. then the dollar signs. You know. I, I find the good businessmen and women. Um, who are watching their industry get a have a pretty good feel for what their their business is worth sure. on a you know general basis you know it's a multiple of NOI or something like that and so they kind of have an idea of the value that they're creating right and 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 it and it builds over time and you you do say you know when it gets to X I'm going to really you know take a hard look at that so we got a call last week for example and a clients go well uh, we didn't think we'd get get there this soon but we got a call and they're dangling some real money in front of us and and uh, we're really interested so we sat down with them and i said okay what are they offering they said well 12 million i go well that's a good number <clears throat> you know simple lifestyle they're very charitable they're thinking about you know they've done some things in terms of volunteering around the world for charitable causes and and they're young enough where they can really go out and do that and sure. so it really has piqued their interest yeah and, you know, to the point where we go, we think we're going to go through the pain of going through this process and seeing just how legitimate is that offer? Does, right. Do they really have the money right. uh, to do the deal? But even to take a step um, backwards, yeah. 12 sounds like a big number, 12 million, right? Mm -hmm. But is it the right number? Maybe it's worth 15. 
maybe you're shortchanging yourself, you know, maybe, you know, so those right. sometimes, metrics, right? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. that gets a little bit crazy because you think this is sunset money, right? I can take this and ride into the sunset. Right. Well, you should go get 15 if it's really worth 15. Right. You know, and, and there's uh, or deal whatever, structure, you know. right? You know, so it's eight million cash, and it's three million in a note, and so you go, okay, well, what's the three million note? Does it pay any interest? Well, no. I go, okay, well, that's a negative. So, um, how much uh, background do they have managing a business like yours? Right. Well, not a lot, but they're you know coming out of Stanford and they got all this money and trying to put it to work. And I go, well, you might think about taking all cash. <laughs> rather than some note on the back end right. and, and some things like that. So we're just kind of evaluating, you know, like you said, all the, the things that uh, could come into play, okay. um, which is different you know, for every, every business opportunity that we've looked at. And I've, I've been through it in my own firm, right? Sure. So we've had the pitches from firms around the country um, and, and, have, and played the dance and, yeah. and uh, so forth. So we have a really good idea what that looks like. And of course, cultural fits and you know, good things like that, you know. Yeah, what, no, it's do they huge. want you to stick um, around and, you know, what are they going to pay you to do that? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's all about managing risk. Right. And in a theoretical world, if we have unlimited time on earth, we can assume unlimited risk, right? And probably when you're 25 years old, unlimited risk is almost the same as, you know, unlimited time. Uh, but when you're 55, when you're 60, no, time is now very, very, you know, very much limited. So right. risk has to be managed, you know. Uh, so where I was going with that is, yeah, you have a you know, $12 million cash offer. You have a $15 um, million offer with, let's say, 10 in cash and five as a note. What's the risk that you're taking on? Right. And if you are taking on somebody who, because now you're, in bed with this new buyer, right, wrong, or indifferent, right. you are tethered at the hip. For some, your success of time. depends on their success. Right. You know, especially if you're not collateralizing that five you know, million right. with much other than blue sky and future cash. So you have to weigh all that in. Uh, Absolutely. For sure. You know, what's the liquidity on that note and things like that? And you know, every deal seems to be different. Oh yeah. And uh, like we were talking about from a financial planning perspective, we want to go back and validate, you know, what kind of lifestyle do I have to support with whatever's left over on an after-tax basis? And um, you know, risk is is something that uh, you don't mind doing as long as you're working. Sure. So all of a sudden, you know, making you know two or three percent in a safer environment isn't very sexy or exciting, but that might be the right thing. And so, what does that really do for me, right? right. If I'm spending six hundred thousand a year and I need a two hundred thousand a year, you know, that's what I can get from the assets today. Uh, it's a different story. Right. We're trying right. to validate, you know, does it make good sense to do that? Right. Yeah, we talked about that earlier in another segment about selling too soon. Right. Right. You know, given someone's burn rate or their uh, inability to adjust lifestyle, right. especially that dramatically. I mean, going from 400000 a year to 150000 a year is a big deal. Going right. from four hundred to three fifty, yeah, maybe you just don't take as many <coughs> trips to Fiji. Right. You know? but, uh, I mean, most of us, we would say, hey, I can live on 100000 a year, right? right. So, right. you know, totally. why are you complaining about 500000 a year? You know, we don't maybe necessarily run in that circle, but it's as real to them as it is to us. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, and, for sure. Uh, you know, for, I think, you know, for me, I've always said plan F is a trailer in Scott City, Kansas, because you can live really, really cheap in Scott City, Kansas, and, uh, and nobody really cares. Yeah. Um, 
but really that's not what we're planning to do. Right, no, for sure. All right, so let's say we have somebody who says, I want to sell my business. I don't mm -hmm. have this person waving a big check in my face, so um, I have some years ahead of me to whip things into shape. What kind of things are you whipping into shape? Well, that's where really bringing in the accountant makes perfect sense, right? You know, and hopefully there's, you know, maybe in the business there's a controller or something. I mean, many times the business owner is reluctant to share a lot of the things going on with the controller that they're really trying to achieve. Sure. So figuring out how, how, how that relationship is, yeah. you know, privacy and knowledge, and then, you know, bringing in the accountant to go, okay, here's what we're trying to achieve. What do you see happening? And, and where can we make those, you know, um, reduce expenses or headcount, things like that, that we're trying to, I don't want to say, you know, put lipstick on a pig, but how do we kind of build up this business ready to sell? Kind of lean it out Absolutely. a little bit. Absolutely. Let's, you know, let's, let's take some of the owner, you know, perquisites, the perks. And at least let's, know what they are so I can yeah, add them back at time of sale. Correct. Right? And you clearly identify them without telling somebody, oh, just add 50000 onto my discretionary right. cash flow. <laughs> That's kind of what I pull out on the side between <laughs> meals, cars. And, I can't say anything because yeah. I'm a business owner and I do that. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we have to set that up because right. if you're buying someone's future cash, you have to show them there's all kinds of cash available. Right. And, and it's you a can project cash that. flow, right? So if I can buy yeah. an extra 50,000 of cash flow and I'm getting a six or eight X, that's worth some real money. Totally. Exactly. So I agree. So we have to whip these business owners into shape. Mm -hmm. We have to probably pull some of those personal quasi business transactions out of the business. Right. You know, um, and normalize some of your data. Maybe you own the building and the rent is a little too high. Maybe the rent's a little too low, whatever. Right. Yeah. You know, a lot of normalization of those kind of expenses to arrive. And we want to do that today so that five years from now, it's good history. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny when I see financials or tax returns and they just take a left turn or a right turn, whatever. And all of a sudden they're making a labor way more money, you know, than they ever have. And revenue is the same, right? Right. Yeah, they, they haven't squeezed a bunch of nickels out of this thing. They just changed their financials a little bit. Um, not cook the books, but just identify clearly shareholder you distributions mean, got a conscience over expenses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you, it's like, oh, you're looking to sell. Right. You know, you're, you're trying to lean this business out mm -hmm. and, and have every dollar be completely accounted for and not have the murky dollars in there right. that <laughs> buyers don't want to pay you for, mm -hmm. but you certainly want to get paid for it because it's right. cash that you're using to support your lifestyle that a new owner could do as well. Right. And that's, you know, just trying to figure out what those are and, and clean that up, as you say, and, and then get a maybe probably a more realistic valuation number. Yeah. And then actually have to take that on the personal side and say, well, you know, I was running a car lease and a <laughs> you know, a lot of lunches and some travel and so forth that I'm going to, if I'm going to keep doing that, I got to add it to my personal expense side. Right. Totally. And so if that's 20 or 30 grand uh, and I haven't and I don't have my budget and we're trying to validate what is it going to cost you to live, we need to make sure that that number gets moved over. That's a great observation. Uh, and you know, one that I don't see very often either is where, yeah, if we are taking a bunch of money out of this business and we are trying to pretend this family budget is what it is. Right. We have to adjust that new family um, budget right. to account for those quasi dollars, if you will, those quasi deductions that are, are maybe gray. 
right. between between you know tax deduction and, and uh, distribution. So. And you know, you're, so you're going to have to make some decisions. I really don't want to help pay for all my flying horse <laughs> expenses. <laughs> yeah. To the extent I have bribed my accountant sure. to do that. Now, is this being recorded somewhere? I mean, you <laughs> for know, our listeners uh, and viewers, uh, flying uh, horse uh, is, a, <laughs> is a is a golf community. Um, up in, in in northern Colorado Springs, right, right. W which we're actually building a new office in. So there's some, it's a, a, there's some irony there. I can't there. wait to yeah. see it. Uh, and one of the things you also mentioned too is not just you know cleaning up the books and the tax returns, but just you know cleaning up some of your long-term obligations right. and liabilities. Do we have some? Because that's a a part of due diligence when I help somebody buy a business mm -hmm. is I, I go, hey, is there any off sh off balance sheet? Contractual obligations that right. you need to be aware of. Right. If if do you, do you owe some some manager a bonus right. that's going to come bite me in the butt because now I'm the one paying the bonus. You know right. all those things. You want to probably get some of that stuff you know, cleaned up. Yeah, I think you know I, I mentioned you know one of our clients that sold their business in, in Chicago area, and you know it it was probably as had all the complications you can think of. Right, he owned real estate. He owned equipment personally. He had a partner that, you know, was no longer there that owned 10% that he had to figure out what his distribution would look like and when do you pay it, pre or post, you know, and then do I want to own the real estate or do I want to sell the real estate? You got to have that as a separate transaction, right? things like that. And so we went through a lot of variables to get to a point where we kind of added up the different pieces and thought, okay, that was a deal that, uh, that he could live with. That's awesome. Yeah, it, uh, that is, you know, tough when you start to chop it up, um, where you have like the, the silent investor. What do you want to do with that individual? Right. You know, um, is there a wholesale clause in their buy sell agreement? And what's the valuation? Do they get 10%? Or is it, hey, do we discount that for lack of control and lack of. Right. <clears throat> and of a lot of times it's planning for three years from now. You know, maybe I should buy out my silent partner now at a known price with the expectation that if I grow at 20% a year for the next three years, I really don't want to share that future growth with a silent partner, not trying to be mean or cruel or anything, but you know, maybe it makes sense to buy that person out, replace that with some debt, yep. you know, that doesn't have an equity participation. And, and uh, you know, those are all part of that, that process. And I think that's the thing that we try to help our clients is if they're not thinking about it, if the accountant hasn't brought it up, let's talk about those kinds of issues. Yeah, those are huge. And whenever I see people in partnerships, multi-member LLC or whatever, right. and they're not married to each other, so they have competing personal interests, at least on some levels, just naturally, um, I'm always like, what's the agreement? What's the operating agreement? Right. And, uh, you know, more often than I'd like to think, they don't have one at all. Or they've bought some boilerplate one right. um, <clears throat> off the Internet, you know, five years ago, and, and everything's great. And, you know, marriage is all about love and divorce is all about money. And <laughs> when, when you go through a business divorce, right. whether you're amicable and you're like, hey, we're in partnership together and now we're gonna sell, how does that look? And if you don't have the agreement back when it was easy and about love, mm -hmm. and now it's tough and about the money, right. it's really hard to, to get it, people it to negotiate right. in good faith. And, um, and making sure documents are up to speed and they're actually signed and dated and things like that, little things like that. Oh yeah. Really make a difference. I, I have a, a partnership I, I bought uh, with 
uh, a group of 20 clients 27 years ago, four quick shop stores in Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay. And we are just selling them this month. Wow. 27 years, collecting triple net lease income. Everybody <laughs> extremely happy. But like you said, you know, I had to go back in the file and figure out, okay, where's that operating agreement yeah. that tells me the process that we can use to, you know, validate the sale amongst the partners and what's the split look like and, right. you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and it had been so long since we had actually looked at those, I, I, I had no idea what it really was. Right. The good news is, is I get a nice cut of the profit. So I'm happy. <laughs> so you found the agreement that you like. <laughs> well, it was the original it was like one. Four or five I, of boy, them. I was pretty smart back then. <laughs> so, so we're selling the business. Um, you know, that can take on all kinds of different shapes, too, mm -hmm. right? I mean, right. we could we could get that sunset check where, hey, here's a check. See you later. Hit the bricks. Or oftentimes it's got some structure to it mm -hmm. and it might more look like a merger for example you might say hey i'll buy another financial advisory firm uh, i'm going to give you x in cash i'm going to give you y as a note or you're going to take back a note for y and then i'm going to work for you for another 10 years mm -hmm. at, at z you know and that's going to be my downline compensation right. you know so it's not you know business sale doesn't always um, mean getting out of the business. Right. It just might mean, hey, I'm changing my role. I still want to be paid a certain amount or whatever. Um, and that can factor into that too, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then you've got typically something about, you know, client retention and re revenue growth that's tied to some of those numbers. Some guardrails. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, hey, if revenue drops off more than this, then it's Price a reduction adjustment. in note. Yeah. Usually it's, that's how you see that. It's a, re it's a note reduction. And if revenues go up, you know, and there's a, there's you can isolate that revenue around. to yeah. that new revenue that you bought, then there's an incentive for that to go up as well. Yeah. So what else did you want to add for our viewers and listeners about selling their business? Well, you know, it's an emotional event, right? It's huge. It's in, their baby. And, it's what uh, they grew up on. You know? Sometimes it's just recognizing that we've gone from the youngest person in the room to the oldest person <laughs> in the room. And, and you just like two finger clicks, right? It's yeah. like, how the hell did that happen? Yeah. You know? and, uh, and so it's understanding that, you know, um, it's time. You know, do it when you're healthy, when you're, uh, you know, what we've experienced in our careers is people have waited too long. Sure and um, weren't able or to go and enjoy life. Up. Right, yeah. you know, there is fewer and fewer people, but um, you know, see, so we wanna encourage our clients to look at these things, right? Don't be afraid of it, but see, hey, am I, am I ready for this? Emotionally, and financially, and, and uh, if it's the right time, you know, go enjoy life. Some, some of the emotional side of it is, is a challenge. Mm -hmm. um, I'm 47 years old, right now my fuel is working for WCG Inc. And, and doing all that stuff. <laughs> and I don't know what I would do with myself from day to day. Now, of course, I'll find things to do, but will, will it be my fuel, right? right, right. And will <laughs> I drive Tina crazy? You know, well, um, probably yes to that. Uh, yeah, I'm, probably I'm sure. Happening. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm sure it's already happening. <laughs> uh, but, but we can't as, and I, th I think, again, given your experience, that adds a lot of value to your counsel because I think, again, a lot of people just look at the black and white right. and don't see the downstream emotional conflict now. Like what's right. gonna happen to the marriage now that there's all this free time? And what's gonna happen to the marriage when now there's more of a financial throttle 
right. or a bridle on the spending and all those things. Um, and people get through it, sure, but you have to address it. Right. You know, I have a client, you know, he's a couple years younger than me. He, he, he was done. Right. And uh, just checked out of his business. You mentally. know, we, we, we really spent 20 years preparing him for that moment. Okay. And, and it worked. It, the plan actually, you know, with twists and turns worked. Um, so he's now uh, teaching a science class at Cheyenne Mountain High School, right? Loves it, you know, just the happiest can be, yeah. you know, and, and it, that's just probably, you know, one stage in the journey. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm like that too. I always say, hey, what's my next chapter? Right. You know, do I help other CPAs grow their business? Do I go teach small business accounting at the right. local college because that's a sorely lacking subject, you know, right. um, a lot, there's a lot of things you can do, certainly to give so. back and, you know, provide that you can do it on your own terms too. Cause right. you know, you, you just came from a job. You don't want another job, well, <laughs> you, know? you know, and this job was, was tough, you know. Well, they say working ain't all it cracked up to be. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, I always laugh too, cause people say, I want to own my own business. I'm like, oh no, 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 you, um, I'm sorry, no one told you this, but business ownership doesn't mean you own the business. It means you, it owns you. That's where the word ownership comes in. <laughs> well, you know, that's exactly right. You've got, you know, so many people maybe not depending on you to make good decisions. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> that not only your livelihood, but theirs too. Yeah. Um, they're counting on you to make the uh, HR decisions, right? You, they know when somebody needs to be out the door because right. they're causing too much strife. And right. if you can't figure it out, they do. Right. And so, you know, all of a sudden that comes into play. You don't learn that right off the bat. It takes time to figure that out. Totally. No, I um, agree. But, you know, like we, we talked earlier, you know, my son Chris is in uh, Steamboat. Yes. And so he's, he loves construction and he's a builder. And so we've worked, you know, build, created a company. And uh, so I'm, I'm really just enjoying, you know, that aspect of it. So I yeah. talk to him almost every day, which yeah. um, is part of that whole transition over time. Yeah, no, I agree. I, th I think that's awesome to be able to see it in the beginning because right. far too often we only get the call at the end, you know, <laughs> or at least middle to end, you know. Well, you're trying to plan it on your terms, right? Right, right. No, it's all, you're right. You're right. So uh, to recap here, just, you know, talking about selling your business, um, is timing right? We don't know. Uh, we have to look at the plan. We have to look at does you have, you know, do you have enough assets to support your lifestyle? Right. Is there going to be a lifestyle shift that you're willing to accept? You know, all those, those you know, things. How's this structure? What's the risk with this? new structure mm -hmm. are you taking some some back as a loan okay what's the risk in that loan um can you maybe sell that loan to another bank who knows all those right. little things go into it um so timing is it right for me now am i getting what i should all those things business valuation is huge in in, in uh, determining that we also need to of course you know clean up the books clean up the tax returns um just you know, again, books are designed to maximize value in some respects. Tax returns are meant to minimize tax, and sometimes they don't always agree, and we have to make sure that we're, um, you know, showing good value in both the right. tax return and the financials. And then we talked about those contracts as well, cleaning mm -hmm. up the employee contracts, any kind of long-term trigger obligation. Absolutely. You know, so. know what they're getting and, and know what we're giving them. Yep, exactly. And then... Um, you know, then, then what do you do after the sale? The, the emotional mm -hmm. response, because for me, it's, you know, it's my feel. I get up in the morning, I think about business and, and there'll be a day when I wake up in the morning, I think about fishing, 
but you know, and and hopefully that'll be my fuel. But right now, I can't see it happening. <laughs> well, you you know, now you've located right across from the golf course, so I can't imagine you wouldn't at least try to at least swing the club uh, once in a while. But. but I'm more of a dirt biking guy. Uh, well, that's okay too. I like <laughs> With the that. bourbon drinking problem. <laughs> Teasing. So anyway, Jason Watson, thanks so much for joining us, um, Bud. Um, again, Jason Watson with WCG Incorporated, local tax and accounting firm. Bud Rainsberger with RWA Partners here Thank also in me. Colorado Springs. We're hosted by Axe in the Oak um, here also in Colorado Springs, part of our bourbon and business tour. And uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Thank you. Right.